to the Hopcast, the podcast that delves into the fascinating world of all things human and organizational performance. I'm your host, Bobby Cowger, and together we'll explore the intricate relationship between humans, work systems, and how they interact to do good work. As someone who comes from being a frontline worker, my passion has and always will be the people. Here at the Hopcast, we are focused on moving from conformance to compassion by building relationships and leading with empathy and curiosity. Each episode, my goal is to bring you thoughts, concepts, principles, and insights that challenge the traditional safety norms. Thank you for lending me your ears and tuning in. Let's get into the episode. All right, so here we go. Welcome to episode one of the Hopcast. In today's episode, I want to start with the origin of human and organizational performance back in 1898 with Frederick Taylor and move all the way up until now with the Sidney Deckers and Todd Conklins of the world. So 1898, there was a gentleman named Frederick W. Taylor who was a mechanical engineer, often hailed as the father of scientific management. Now, Taylor revolutionized the world of work by tailoring tools and tasks to the workers themselves, and he didn't just improve daily output, he tripled it with things like work reset schedules and human factor training. Now, this was later tagged as Taylorism, which would emphasize the division of labor, time motion studies, and the use of incentives to motivate workers. And while it had some significant impact on industrial management practices, it has also been criticized for its potential to dehumanize and exploit workers. The core idea of Taylorism was to break down tasks into small repetitive motions and optimize each motion. Think of this as turning workers into human cogs in a machine and each doing their part to keep the assembly line running. Now, at first glance, Taylorism might seem like a productivity dream come true, but here's a twist. It led to unintended consequences that echo even in our safety-focused world today. By focusing solely on speed and efficiency, Taylorism often ignored the human element, and workers were treated as replaceable parts, leading to dissatisfaction, low morale, and even increased safety risks. If you fast forward to the present day, we've evolved from that, And we've recognized that humans are complex beings, not just cogs in a machine. So safety professionals like us have embraced a holistic approach to what considers both performance and well-being. And we've learned that engagement and empowerment and a sense of purpose are the building blocks of a safe, productive workplace. Taylorism also paved the way for modern safety practices, and we've learned from our mistakes. We know that a top-down command and control approach can stifle communication and hinder the reporting of near misses, incidents, accidents, or areas of improvement. Instead, we champion open dialogue, collaboration, and just culture that encourages employees to speak up without fear of retribution. Moving on to the 1900s, when the psychology scene was booming, in the U.S. Army, flying aptitude tests took off for pilots setting the stage for the marriage of psychology and human performance. But it didn't stop there. Soon, the focus shifted from the pilots to the aircraft design. Imagine studying how controls, displays, and even G-forces influenced pilots' decisions. 
In the 1950s, revelation was ushered in. The effectiveness of reaching goals doesn't rely solely on humans or technology. It's about their dance together within a system. This brought about human factors, or HF, professionals who focused on the system as a whole. A Harvard psychology professor named B.F. Skinner came into the game around 1954, and he laid the foundations for behavior-based safety, also known as BBS. So this would be something where organizations became almost obsessed with employees' behaviors and how they would be able to control those behaviors to create desired outcomes. In the 1970s, Thomas Gilbert, who was a student of Skinner, unleashed the behavioral engineering model. Picture six categories that unveil why someone might not be performing their best. It's like a map that guides us to understand the intricacies of behavior. It was at this moment that the spotlight was moved to the broader organization and the concept of systems thinking emerged. This leads us to where we are today with HOP, a powerful blend of safety by system design and human behavioral psychology. However, to me, it represents so much more than just a concept. It embodies a mindset, a philosophy, a thought process centered around understanding the dynamic interaction between humans and organizations in accomplishing good work. This approach empowers us to build error-tolerant systems, fostering a culture of resilience. And when I say error-tolerant, I mean recognizing that perfection is not attainable, and striving solely to prevent all negative outcomes can be quite counterproductive. Our obsession, at least in the safety sphere, with preventing every failure could lead to a belief in an unattainable state of perfection. And if we just tried harder, this mindset biases all of our thinking at every level and puts leaders in the position of attributing events to our failure to prevent them. Systems are not infallible. They will eventually fail. This is the inherent nature of complex and complicated systems. It's the order of chaos and failure becomes a normal occurrence. Instead of focusing on prevention alone, we must shift our bias towards the ability to fail safely. We want to optimize our systems, making them more resilient so that when a failure does occur, the consequences are less severe. We cannot and will not kill people or alter their lives in the workplace. HOP teaches us to embrace the reality of system failures and prioritize the design of systems that can withstand and recover from those failures. It encourages an approach to learning from failures, near misses, incidents, unwanted outcomes, all while fostering a culture of continuous improvement. Ultimately, HOP's essence lies in cultivating a mindset where the emphasis shifts from an unrealistic pursuit of perfection to a practical focus on building robust, adaptable, and error-tolerant systems. By adopting this approach, you're able to empower your organization and navigate challenges with resilience and create a highly safe, effective, and efficient environment. And while HOP and Safety Differently have definitely gained some popularity, they've also faced some challenges. Some criticized them for being too theoretical and difficult to implement in practice. There were concerns that these approaches might undermine accountability as they shifted the focus away from individual blame towards systemic issues. And so there will be some episodes in the future here on the Hopcast around accountability, responsibility, blame. I think that's a topic that I could probably spend two or three episodes talking about. And so we'll circle back to that one at a later time. 
I feel like that's a good place to wrap up episode one. I appreciate you all tuning in. Next week on episode two, I want to dive into why I've developed such a deep passion for sharing my perspective on hop, the five hop principles that I rely on as a core of my hop philosophy, which are already well-established concepts within the space. So these may align with others in the hop community, but the context and application surrounding each principle reflects my distinct values and beliefs, which may differ from those of other practitioners. And so at times, I might admit that I do feel like I live in an echo chamber, but I make it a point to get at least 1% better every day and practice what I preach around continuously learning by seeking out new knowledge. So I suggest that when you listen to this, to do the same and listen to other podcasts and other people within the Safety Differently New View hop space as well. And just continue to add those tools to your toolbox and stack up as much knowledge as you possibly can because it is a very diverse topic with a lot of different takes and obviously what we touched on today, a pretty extensive origin where there has been some ebbs and flows throughout the evolution of hop. If you have any questions or ideas for future topics and you'd like me to cover them, don't hesitate to reach out and connect. I've set up an email. The email is thehopcastwithbc at gmail.com. Your input is truly invaluable. And as always, stay resilient in your pursuits and keep that flame for curiosity lit. Thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you all next week.